What's up, everybody? You know, you know what happens on Mondays, That now you get something from the archives. Enjoy this week's inspiring motivational interview, and we will catch you later on in the week as we start to share with you some of the best of the best tools and tactics, everything having to do with sales. Let's go. Hey, Sharks, welcome back to another fun, exciting episode. I am here with Paul and Paul and I met what Paul, like how many years ago? About two years ago. Two years ago. He actually brought me in to speak to his company on how to leverage adversity as an advantage. And we've hit it off ever since. So Paul, welcome to the show. Tell everybody who you are and what you do. Thank you, Kaylin. Just first and foremost, you know how much of a fan we are of you and I know your sharks are as well. So my name is Paul Folletti. I'm president and CEO of NCM Associates, an organization based out of Kansas City, Missouri, where the city is still on a bit of a high from the Chiefs win. I apologize, any 49er Sharks out there. And we are all about performance improvement. So um, at our core, we're a data company. We analyze financial statements of our clients and then overlay a series of professional services on top of that to help our clients improve the performance. Heck yes. Heck yes. And why do you do what you do? Well, I got into the business because of my passion for the automotive industry. And uh, that started out originally on the manufacturer side. And then I, over time, really was drawn to the retail side of the business. And um, the retail side of the automotive industry is so much broader and deeper than most people imagine, um, down to the level of community impact that is truly outstanding. And I wanted to get closer to that type of ecosphere. And so 10 years ago, I transitioned to um, what we hope is the premier provider in that space for helping those retail automotive dealerships improve their profitability, sustainability, and in a lot of cases, family legacies who have their uh, literally their personnel uh, from a family perspective, as well as their, their capital truly vested in these businesses. And um, that's what drawn me. It's, it's what drew me to the industry originally. And it's what's drawn me to the segment of the industry that we now serve. So we have a, a wide age range of people who, who listen in and support the brand. And I want to talk to those who haven't quite, they, they've got the dreams, they, they eventually want to grow in their career, um, maybe start a business of their own. That's who this episode's for. Um, you throw out the title CEO and what, about what size is the business, about what size is NCM? So we have currently 170 associates. Um, we work with about 6,000 car dealers in North America, so we're, we're quite lean personal wise, but we, uh, we like to um, aspire to have quite a broad footprint with uh, the industry that we work with. And um, we have been 100% employee owned since 1988, which is something that we can touch upon as well. Yeah. So 170 associates, 6,000 dealerships. How'd you get to be a CEO? <laughs> like what's, what's that like? You know, for one, um, it's less strategic than one might think. Um, I, I think you have to approach each and every day with the perspective that there's so much to learn. As cliche as that might sound, um, 
I tend to notice people who have that same perspective. Um, you might want to call it servant leadership in another sense where you just have an infection for wanting to go out and understand every aspect of the business, both from the associate's perspective, the client's perspective, the vendor's perspective. And over time, you end up building hopefully a skill set, if you will, um, that might be suited, best suited for a C-suite position. So I, I didn't necessarily um, put on a whiteboard at some point, uh, become a CEO. Um, it was just through immersing myself in the business and quite honestly, uh, being willing to do what I needed to do uh, from a career progression perspective to line me up for the next best opportunity. And, and so it happened. What was on your whiteboard? A number of things. Um, first and foremost, uh, the work-life balance. Um, I'm a huge fan of preaching that to our associates, um, even at times where I know that it's going to be extremely difficult to achieve. Um, the nature of our business requires us to travel quite extensively. And so I, I'm preaching to the choir when I talk to my own people around, you know, you have to really find what that work-life balance is. And I find at least from a visual perspective, that's the best way that I learn. You start whiteboarding out really what that means and maybe where you found an imbalance down to individual activities. And you're going to have a much more successful formula, something that's going to be imprinted in your head as to how you actually end up achieving that work-life balance. People talk about it a lot, if you will, but it's really difficult to execute on strategically and actually live to it unless you take the time to kind of map out what that's going to look like for you really each and every month. Every month. Every month. It's it's not it's not it's not an exercise. It's got to be a discipline. So this is actually really fascinating. It's something that I'm going through right now. And this is what I love about the show is, you know, we we say don't ever give advice, right? Because most people don't take it. But what's interesting is as we share our stories, the very first time we hear something, we hear it for, for entertainment, right? Like the first time you read a book, you're reading it for, okay, is this relevant for me? I'm, am I entertained? Do I like it? Second time you read the book, now that you know it's relevancy, you're looking for answers to, to your problems, right? You may find one, you may find two. The third time you read the book, the whole thing seems to be relevant. It's like, wow, how did I not get this message before? And I think it's no coincidence that that is something in our household we're struggling with is where is the work-life balance and how do we create that? Um, what, first of all, what is the definition of work-life balance for you? Well, obviously I think that the easy answer to that is it depends on the individual. Um, but I, I think you know it when you have it. And more importantly, you really know it when you don't. It's whether or not you choose to ignore it or do something about it. You know, the, the, mm -hmm. the mind and the body is a really great communicator internally. At the end of the day, when you found that imbalance, you know, you're there, if you will. It reminds me of a quote who I can't even attribute to um, the original source of even where I heard it from. But it came up recently and it and it and it reminded me about how people often get confused around trying to find that work life balance. And the quote is the problem is not the problem because it's not the problem. You know, we, we tend to be so causal in our nature in terms of, well, I must be tired because I stayed up too late last night versus why did I stay up too late last night? Because I've gotten a bad habit of watching that show that starts at, if you will. 
So I've tried to myself, at least try to take a little bit more of a three dimensional approach to what's on that whiteboard in terms of what's work and what's the balance on the personal side to make sure that at the end of the day, I'm really looking at the problem itself and not just something that's masking itself as the problem. Does that make sense? Yeah. Right. Uh, say that quote one more time for me. Cause I, I was trying to write it. The problem's not the problem. Cause it's not the problem. <laughs> um, that might be in a keynote soon. <laughs> just stealing your stuff. So it's interesting. So we have um, this, oh gosh, what do we call it? Well, um, we're calling it an executive briefing right now. And it's the seven most dangerous trends eroding sales teams. And uh, I just pulled up real quickly some of the statistics. I And by the way, for all you listening sharks, like I did not know this is what the the conversation would lead to. So this is just perfectly perfect as it goes. But Listen to some of these quotes. Ready? Most sales professionals work beyond 40 hours per week, and a large majority consider their job challenging. 54% described their lifestyle as stressful, and over a third reported their career negatively impacts their personal life, leading to burnout, which among salespeople goes as high as 27%, which is twice the rate as the entire workforce in general. Uh, You've got a pretty sales-heavy organization. do you think that work-life balance is the antidote, if you will, to 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 the burnout and the, the mental health statistics and impacting sales forces today? You know, I think it's a large part of a, a broader potential solution. So just to take a step back, and, and you've seen this before, I, I think that in a way, a number of people measured their success by their level of burnout. Um, And I don't mean that as a negative. I just mean that that was their sense of fulfillment. When they sort of hit that burnout level, they felt the satisfaction of mission accomplished or giving it all they got, if you will. It's sort of like the same high that you get off of a workout at the end of the day. But I think what we've seen, and if I can throw out, I won't say millennial generation, but new generations, if you will, have given us a fabulous new perspective on what fulfillment means. And in a lot of cases, from a different manner. We've had to learn a lot from our own newer, younger associates and how they manage workloads and maybe more importantly, how they most effectively manage workloads. You look at the newest generation associates that we have, they're the most well-educated associates that have come into this company in our history. Um, They have Mm -hmm. tremendous knowledge from an academic perspective, as well as a very challenged real world perspective with what they've grown up encountering that most of us didn't. And we had to learn very quickly, how do you harness that energy? Because if you harness it correctly, you're going to have an amazing, fulfilled, productive associate that honestly, from the get go, has a healthier and better work life balance that so many of us had to, over time, figure out on how to balance out. So I know that we talked about earlier, you know, whiteboarding those issues and kind of managing your way through it. In a lot of cases, we're learning from our newer, younger associates on exactly what we need to do to find the fulfillment and the balance that they so successfully have had thus far. So let's talk about that. So as a millennial, I... It's interesting because I, I, I'm friends with a ton of CEOs, entrepreneurs, and many do not love my generation. Uh, they think that we are lazy. We don't show up. We don't work hard. We don't execute on our visions. 
And we spend so much time off in the world looking for fulfillment and love and all of those, those feelings. And we forget how to be productive. Weigh in on that. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, every generation has something to learn from the other. Second, there are more commonalities than there are differences. I think, though, that the differences have tended to skew towards certain ends of the spectrum that neither generation was prepared for, one after the other, if you will. So, again, the focus that, that or at least the approach that we've taken, if you will, is to, to better understand what are the needs, what are the inspirational points, what are the motivational aspects that really resonate with every single generation, and, and how do you put together a career path or even a position in certain circumstances to make sure that you're capitalizing on those strengths. And if you do so, you do it effectively, if you will, you're gonna see performance like you've never seen before. We are incredibly bullish on millennials and generations coming thereafter, just because of what we've seen once you can harness that energy properly. Mm. That's that's the, like, drop the mic right there. We could end on that. Um, that's a beautiful point. Thank you. Let me let me change direction a little bit. When was a day when things weren't so glossy or optimistic for you? It can either be business or just you're going through some stuff at home. Yeah. So, I mean, a couple of things. When I when I came into the company, um, it was the lowest of lows in terms of the automotive industry. And um, from a stability perspective, uh, you saw a lot of really wonderful clients who had all of their uh, personal assets invested in these businesses who through either um, an economic situation or even uh, in our case, uh, some of the manufacturers proactively wind down, uh, going through wind down situations of, of some of their dealers in the network, if you will. That's a difficult environment to operate as a service provider within. Uh, we, we hope um, in, in the lowest of lows is, is actually when uh, our, our clients will be the most proactive in reaching out to us. Um, it's, it's like when you have a personal crisis, you know, who do you circle around you? You circle around you, your trusted advisors, whether that's family, friends, clergy, mentors, mentees, et cetera. And, uh, and, and we aspire that that's the case when times get the, uh, the toughest for, for our clients. But it really had a, a very traumatic psychological impact on our own culture, our own associates as well. Um, at the same time, we try to pivot off of that low point and say, you know what, going forward, this is what we're preparing for each and every day. We're preparing for the next low point, if you will, so that we can be that provider with a client who in a time of need, needs a trusted partner to sit side by side with them and literally potentially put a plan together to save their legacy, save the name of that dealership that's on the building, and hopefully, in a lot of cases, help out other dealers who are trying to grow during those tough times. So from a professional point of view, I don't want to call it a low point because it was one of the best learning opportunities that I've had in my career. But from an emotional, challenged environment, it's the most difficult um, that I've been through. On the personal side, Again, hate to come back to the work-life balance, but all of us who are road warriors, Kaylin, yourself included, um, you've had those checkpoints where you realized a sacrifice that you may be making um, mm. worth it when it comes to the, the prioritization, the, the time away from those that you care the most about. 
thankfully with technology, we have new ways of, of addressing some of those issues with ha without having to be there in person uh, with, with access to, to flights and all the wonderful things that we have from a transportation and accessibility point of view these days, um, that's gotten better. Um, but once in a while, you've, you've got to check yourself and make sure that you're, you're doing what's right for your entire atmosphere and not necessarily what's just right for you or just right for the business. Never underestimate the impact that you have on other people, latently speaking, um, until something unfortunately hits the fan and it becomes very real for you and you're having to adjust. Stay ahead of it. And how do we know when it's actually time to adjust versus we just got to suck it up for another X months, X, Y? Yeah, well, two things. One is, like I mentioned earlier, typically um, you're your own best barometer, if you will. Um, even if it's something very suspect, something deep down inside, you know when that's happening. Another approach um, that I would highly recommend is allow for those people that are let's say your, your partner barometers to uh, be more vocal uh, when they have an observation. Um, I find out far too often you might have a conversation and somebody's reaction is, yeah, I noticed something hasn't been right. I noticed that you changed. And my, mm -hmm. my feedback to that now has been, you know what? Thank you for noticing that. Do me a favor next time and, and be my partner when it comes to alerting me of what's happening and what observations that you've been having so I can get ahead of it, if you will. It helps us both out. And you know what? Reciprocally, I'll do the same for you. You know, rather than wait until we need to have a conversation, let's start having along the way to make sure that we've got that relationship that's most functional when we're just being plain honest with each other. And that started with my wife and I at the end of the day, just making sure that, you know, if we, if we need to have a check in, if we need to call somebody out, even though, you know, you're a thousand miles away and you'd rather do it in person, you just go in and do it the end of the day and just say, Hey, listen, I can tell something's bothering you. I know you don't want to talk about it. Just want you to know I'm ready to talk about it when you are it goes a long ways. My goodness, that is perfect. And that also, you know what it makes me think of? It's totally not relevant. Um, but it's a way of accepting feedback with a little bit of dignity and grace. Uh, cause I think, you know, so often, even in the coaching programs, right? Like so many times people, we want to be loved. We want to be encouraged. We want to have a safe space. And I love the way you use the word partner because we all want to feel like we belong. And sometimes it's the tough conversations that open us up to a deeper sense of belonging than it is the, the loving conversations. And I, I just think that that is absolutely beautiful. And as we look into our own lives and how we're testing our own barometers and what is work-life balance, what is balance? And how do we check in with those and also deliver information that could be sometimes tough to hear? I think your message really, really resonates with that. Um, well, was there ever a time? Oh, yeah, go. I think it's, I mean, you're spot on. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to be told you're not perfect, right? Ha, ha, ha. You know, but the, those not. who are willing to assist you in your journey, if I can say it as broad as that, are the ones that you're going to remember the most at the end of the day. You know, it's like the proverbial, the coach to stop yelling at you is the one you got to be concerned about. You know, when you're when your closest network of influencers stop giving you that feedback and sometimes that's because you're not encouraging them to do so. That's when you got to get nervous. You know, our brand promise at NCM is helping each other succeed every day. You'll see that plastered throughout our building, our communications, etc. I really do my best 
to try to encourage our associates to, to bring that same philosophy into their personal lives, into their church, into their community with just a simple thought process of how can I help someone be a little more successful today as their partner than they would be on their own. It goes a long ways. That is, drop the mic on that. That's, that's, that is absolutely beautiful. And it's interesting because it's, it's so relevant with my personal life right now. And so I just, I, I want to honor that. And I want to thank you for that because we all need pushed as much as we need loved. And to know that it's coming at a place where, you know, maybe we're not thinking of it as pushed or work-life balance, but we're thinking of it as helping each other succeed every day. I did a talk a couple weeks ago and it was really interesting because afterwards I had to sit with my back to the audience, by the way, very bizarre, and uh, sit with my back to the audience. And that way I couldn't see the faces, but people could say what they liked. And then I was, you know, you get ready for the negative parts, right? And it was instead of saying like, well, what feedback can she have? It was how can we help her improve? And it was really the first time I'd had a 360 immediately after a presentation conversation like that. And I mean, it's one thing, it's tough, right? Because you have to mask any emotions you feel or any defensiveness. And on the other hand, I've never been more grateful because after I stepped away from that, I was like, wow, my it's we're playing a different level and it's a different game now. And so I was so incredibly grateful for it. And yet feedback, um, you know, always be concerned of the groups who don't give you anything to improve on. And I just, I think that that, that hit home. So thank you for that. Um, Paul, let's, as we kind of wrap up, give me two bullet points or two bits of information. If you are listening to the show and you know deep down that your barometer's off and something's not going right for you and it stems around work-life balance. What do you tell those people who they're afraid to trust themselves and they don't know what to do? Like, what, what do I start with? How do I start? So I mentioned earlier that um, I'm a visual learner um, and, mm-hmm. and one of my go-tos, um, and I actually had um, a professor encourage me to, to do this uh, and pass it on was um, write a letter to yourself and give it to one of your most trusted advisors. Um, I, I don't want to be more specific than that, but allow for someone to to enter into your world with your own words, but more importantly, words that you're willing to put on paper. So it's one thing to verbalize something. It's another thing to put it in written form. And it's an even another thing to share that with somebody. It's a very, very intimate type of insight into your world. So first and foremost, I'd go pen to paper, you know, and just write a letter to yourself and leave it as broad as that. Just say, hey, this is what I want to put down on paper, what I'm facing, what I'm concerned about, uh, something I'm not addressing, something I did. I just got to get off my chest, whatever it might be. And then if you're willing, allow to um, receive the perspective and the guidance of another individual. I can tell you this, um, if you do that, not only is it incredibly liberating, fulfilling for yourself, what an amazing honor that you're giving to somebody else to allow them to see that level of vulnerability or exposure, or quite honestly, just something amazing that they're going to learn about you. It doesn't necessarily have to be bad news, but maybe you've got something you've wanted to do, a career change, just something that you're so uncomfortable in verbalizing or sharing 
but you want to talk to yourself about it. You put it on paper and you hand that opportunity to somebody else to get involved in that discussion. That person's never going to forget the fact that you let them into that side of your world. Wow. I, I can't even, I can't even. So, um, that's, that's absolute. Wow. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, I might have to write you a letter now. <laughs> uh, we all learn you. from you, Kaylin. So come on. Oh, please stop that. Um, also, yes, I'm amazing. No. <laughs> um, so if somebody, you know, your nationwide NCM is, right? We, we've got people uh, throughout the U.S. and uh, more recently in Canada as well. So I'm having to brush up on my, my French and my A and all those stereotypical things that uh, Canada is another market that we are really learning from right now. So, yes. Well, we have listeners all over the U.S. and I think 3% in Canada. I can look up the stats. Um, but let's say somebody's searching for their next career or they just want to learn more about you. Where do they find you? So um, NCM Associates, uh, you plug that in. We're the, the only um, company out there uh, with the name NCM Associates. So it's Nancy Charlie Mary Associates. Uh, you'll find us on all the uh, normal social media channels as well. Um, we have our contact information, mine included, right on our website. So I don't um, uh, in any way whatsoever discourage anyone from reaching out to me directly. I, I'd love to learn from you. And, uh, and and share uh, anything I possibly can. So please feel free to reach out or connect to me on social media as well. And um, we'd be curious also to get your feedback, you know, take a look at our organization and help us succeed a little bit more each and every day. We'd love to get your perspective on our organization. You know, we often are blinded by the world that we live in and I'd love some new fresh perspective as well. Oh, so good, so good. So I will put all of that for you sharks in the show notes. Um, everything you need to know about Paul, NCM Associates, and definitely take a look, take a look. And, you know, we've spent this entire episode talking about work-life balance and how to give feedback and appreciate it. So uh, if you've enjoyed this, please reach out to Paul and, uh, you know, give him, give him some feedback on what you think of the organization and what you think of uh, his tactics today. So we're going to wrap up with that and we will catch you next time. Bye, everybody.